Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com, as well as YouTube. You can check us out and watch us out there. Also, the social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram, follow us at Locked On Rays. And we always welcome your emails, Locked On Rays at gmail.com. Uh, Ulysses, I will put this succinctly and happily, your Tampa Bay Rays are playoff bound. Uh, isn't th- doesn't that sound great? Three years in a row. Mm-hmm. What, what, what a great season. And I- I'll say this, just like them, where they celebrated by having simple smiles and handshakes, we will do the same. We're not like other podcasts that haven't experienced uh, playoff uh, before we've actually been into, uh, we've been doing this podcast since 2019, yeah. which means that we've had this run of podcasts in October. So we're used to it. So just like the team, we're just going to say, awesome. Great job. There's way more to look forward to. So let's get to some other fun stuff. Yeah. I think, you know what, this might be the market inefficiency or the thing that's helping out the race. Since we've been doing the podcast, Ooh. the Rays have made the, the, the playoffs every single year. Well, I think there's a correlation. I think there's a correlation. Why not? Very fair to say. Uh, so, yes, the Rays become the first American League team to clinch a postseason berth this season, something that I don't know many of us would have expected before the year would have began. And alas, uh, we... Honestly, peek behind the curtain, Ulysses, I don't think we fully expected that uh, the Rays would clinch a spot uh, yesterday. A lot of factors, a lot of numbers, a lot of magic, this and that. And we're like, well, we'll go ahead. It's an off day on Thursday. No game on Thursday. Let's do a mailbag episode. So we are keeping to that promise. And we will and do have quite a few emails and social media comments that will run through, and hopefully it will be an enjoyable show. So without further ado, let's get rolling here. Uh, this first one uh, from Steve Rains, he says, uh, he gives us some uh, praises, really enjoys the show, which is great. But he asks, um, my question that I'd love to hear you guys discuss on the podcast, what are the three keys to postseason success for the Rays? And which player or players do you see heating up in the postseason, i.e. Randy 2020 vibes? I don't see anybody going Randy 2020 yeah. vibes, but um, let's take the first one. The keys to success. Somebody has to step up in the bullpen and be you know, immaculate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm looking at two guys. I'm looking at Pete Fairbanks and I'm looking at David Robertson. Those two guys have to be next level now I, those mm-hmm. i mean you have to be nails and i don't believe that i've seen or any race fan has ever seen a month where fairbanks is untouchable Th- that's not his mo his mo like what he did a couple of days ago or was it yesterday i believe it was yesterday uh two walks then strikes out the side yeah not ideal in october gets the job done but not ideal um so 
I, I need those two guys to step up. That's that's that would be a key. Second key, no month long slumps from the whole lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like in in twenty twenty uh, again. Like like Steve says, if you know Randy doesn't go twenty twenty stupid numbers then then the team doesn't get to the world series the team doesn't get to the game six so you know you don't it's better to have a just more of a balanced lineup and a, and a belief that the Rays do those are my two yeah. keys it's hard to you know give i know three or five keys is a big thing but i would agree with all of that uh i would just say with in regards to the bullpen i agree that other guys have to step up and tied into that you hope those other guys would step up so the Rays don't have to go to the well too many times like they did with Nick Anderson last year. You hope it's not a situation like that, but with Andrew Kittredge or somebody else who they may see as this is the savior, this is the only guy that we can really, really trust in high leverage spots. So I agree with you on that. And just generally, uh, I think you, you can't have that string of, all right, we're striking out 13, 15 times combined collectively in a ball game. That Wolf. is what did them in, in uh, really the World Series yeah. at the end of the day, the crazy, crazy strikeout rate. And I think that has been mitigated to some extent this year. I know the strikeouts are still very high, but not quite to the level, or there's at least been some more production with those strikeouts. And, you know, in the playoffs, sometimes you get a window, you get a, uh, the other team makes an error. The yeah. other team makes a mistake. Being able to capitalize on that opportunity or set opportunities, I think, is very important as well. As far as a player, uh, yeah, I, unless uh, Babe Ruth or Barry Bonds or <laughs> pick a player of that elk is walking through that door for the Rays, I don't see I have one. quite the level of Randy 2020, but sure, go ahead. Um, I, maybe not Randy 2020 vibes, but when we had Trisha on, uh, earlier this season uh, in like Ju- July, I think we had her on. She mentioned that this team would not be where they were without Austin Meadows. Mm-hmm. This is a guy, I think, a key. He has been clutch. He provides power. Uh, he's a lefty, so he's going to get the larger side of the platoon. So he's going to be in a lot of games. If he gets on a hot tear like he has been basically the whole season, but May was pretty huge for him, almost 30 RBIs in that month that would be very valuable. That would be very valuable. Yeah. I mean, he, what he did yesterday, first inning, a three run shot that those are valuable moments that, that, that production. So hopefully that's my guy to watch yeah. out for. Austin Meadows can get hot. Look, I would love my first choice or choices would probably be Wander Franco or Nelson Cruz. But if I'm taking out the obvious answer, maybe a little bit of a sneaky pick big player two at the plate clutch situation, Francisco Mejia. That might be a little guy guy to watch uh, throughout the course of the postseason there. A good question from Steve Rains. Uh, Okay, this next one from Darren Hybert. He says, I'm still disappointed the Rays didn't pick up the Charlie Morton option, but they did effectively replace Snell, Morton, and Glass now with McClanahan, Patino, and Boz. Who could have seen this coming? The only missing ingredient, plug Wander back in to spark the bats. Also, a word of condolence to Pittsburgh fans. Chris Archer 2.0 didn't work out for the Rays, but Yoshi seems to like it there. 
Yeah, a thousand OPS for Yoshi. Maybe he even signs with them after the offseason. That's a good question. So that that'll be interesting to see if if they give him a, a shot. It's not like they have anything to play for right now. So why not give some hierarchy to that clubhouse? Because I don't think it really has any. So um, that that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, again, we've talked about this yes, ad nauseum with with the Charlie Morton thing. Yeah, it's it sucks, and maybe it would have been an easier path to to success and to victory in 2021. But then again, when you look at what Charlie Morton had done in the regular season in mm. 2020, it wasn't great. Yeah, the postseason was fantastic, but how many starts was in the postseason? Four, five, five starts. Right. So you're going to compare that to what he did in the regular season. Uh, it, it's tough. And again, when you're betting on an old, uh, an older veteran type player. It's never going to be better odds the next year, just like Nelson yeah. Cruz. The odds, you know, will decrease, you know, as time goes on. So, enough. Look, right. I feel like, yeah, if they had Charlie Morton, what what could the race have done in 2021? They would have 96 wins instead of 94 right now. Yeah, 97 instead of 94. I mean, it, it's it's peanuts, really, but by by the standards. I agree with that, but I would add that having his experience in age and postseason experience when you have a roster or a pitching staff effectively full of rookies it would have been or could be very valuable to plug him in game one and say you set the tone and then you kind of mentor and push these other guys along instead of throwing out McClanahan for game one Rasmussen for game two Shane Boz for game three or whatever the combination would be. But yeah, I think we've kind of hammered home the point about Charlie Morton. Good for him. Good for getting even another, <laughs> another contract Good for him. with the Braves and increasing his fastball velocity, the horizontal movement on the curveball, great stuff. And also Yoshi, you know, I think that maybe we just have to acknowledge and realize first off, he is in the NL central. So I think uh, he's level. able to feel a little bit more on lower velocity mm-hmm. from the Cardinals and the Cubs, but also maybe it just took the guy a hundred, 120 games to, to get his feet wet and to get settled in and to have more consistent playing time. It's, it's not an easy transition from Japan to the U S and I, I would think not as much. Uh, he, I feel like he's more utilized and valued with Pittsburgh than with the Rays in the sense of, okay, you're really one of our only few good hitters. We're trusting you to be a consistent middle of the order bat. Whereas, you know, with the Rays, he didn't know if he was going to be in the field. He didn't know if he was going to be in the lineup. He didn't, was he going to be down in the lineup? Was he going to be just used as a pinch hitter? So I think all that changing more of a consistency factor and, and knowing where to uh, put and, and how to utilize Yoshi has been a good thing for him. And, you know, maybe he gets another contract and, and stays uh, stateside for a little bit. Uh, okay, Ulysses, um, you know, I, I guess one way you could watch Yoshi, Charlie Morton, and, and also the Rays, DirecTV, they might be able to help with that. Let, let's tell you about it, right? Uh, it's a simple way to get all of your entertainment that you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, Kevin, did you know, quick trivia, what's the best part about DirecTV Stream, Kevin? Tell me. No annual contracts. Yes, I yes. hate them. So stop with and get your TV together 
with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. I'll repeat it again. That's directtv.com. We also want to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 100% welcome bonus. Double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100, NFL, the numerals, 100 bet online it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports they are your online sports book experts okay ulysses uh, moving along here with uh the questions from listeners i actually think i did a live read out of turn there we'll we'll circle back around to that oh my gosh it's it's early on a thursday folks uh <laughs> this question from Brian Stark, he asked us, uh, which team would you like to see the Rays face in the ALDS? Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Mariners, or A's? Wait, let me, who asked this question? Brian Stark. Brian Stark. Hi, Brian. Um, And thanks, Steve, for the question uh, previously. Uh, Brian, what team do I want the Rays to face? Well, I, Kevin Kiermaier, uh, listened to the pod (laughs) yesterday. Yeah. Do you know why he listened to the pod yesterday? Why is that? Because in his interview with Trisha Whitaker, after the plunking, after the whole shabacle with the bases, quote unquote, clearing, the, the benches clearing, mm-hmm. he was asked, you know, how, how, how do you feel about it? He said it didn't hurt and, and all that. And what can this team do? And he's like, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, it, it's, it's a great team over there, but... Uh, and then he stopped dead in his tracks and he's like, no, you know what? I'm not going to go there. Mm. Oh, he had a filter. He had a filter on. He listened to the pod. He just, it's better to sometimes not say it. Yes. Just, just because you, you have the opportunity to say something doesn't mean that you have to say, it. you can just keep it in. Good job, Kevin. No need to, you know, do an Aaron judge. Mm-hmm. What, do you remember the Sinatra, um, the song, the, what's the New York, New York. I do recall that song. And he did it on the on the Red Sox dugout after they won in 2017, and then the Red Sox came back and mm-hmm. beat the Yankees. No need to pull an Aaron Judge here, right? No, no need to do that. So great job for Kevin. Um, so having said that, I want the Blue Jays. Okay, I want the Blue Jays. Uh, I feel like it's a good, thing, but it's beatable, and the Rays have shown that. The last six games, I know they split three three, but the playoffs are different and those Jays players do not know what the the playoffs are. You can talk about the wild card game, Mm -hmm. but even if you talk about the wild card game, one of them was a shellacking out of the, out of of the two games. The second game was a shellac. So uh, they don't know the pressure. They really don't. And uh, the race do almost every single player knows what that pressure is like. Mm -hmm. I do not, for personal reasons, do not want to lose against the Yankees or the Red Sox. They might be weaker teams right now, so they might, that might be a better, uh, you know, uh, competition for the race. But I, I can't face myself uh, dreading a, a, a loss against those two teams. So I, I'd like the Blue Jays instead for the entertainment factor 
and the storylines and the heatedness, I also would want the Blue Jays, but just from a let's get the weakest opponent possible and let's mow through this thing, I've got to go with the Mariners when you consider the lineup uh, is the weakest of that bunch. You consider that they've been, there's been a lot of games where they've won by a little bit of luck or Mm -hmm. just they're not, I don't think they're as good as their record indicates. And really the last week, their bullpen has imploded in a lot of ways, blowing in a couple games here and there. And, and they they had a window and they weren't able to capitalize on that window. So that's who I would go with. And Ulysses, you talked about the Blue Jays lacking postseason experience and not really understanding that. Uh, look at the freaking Mariners. They there haven't been in the playoffs for 19 years. And I don't <laughs> think many players on that roster have experienced exactly. what it means to be in the playoffs. So that is personally who I would go with, but uh, I'm I'm not rooting for the Blue Jays to be in the ALDS, but that would be a really, really, really fun series. Yes. So let's uh, keep that in mind as well. Uh, a couple quick questions here from Aussie Rays fan, John Cook on Twitter. He says, uh, hey guys, if you could attend any game in the history of MLB, what game would it be? That is the first question, and then I'll get to the second question. Wow. What a question. Hi, John. All the way from Australia. Mm-hmm. How you doing, man? Long time. He's probably still he's sleeping right now. I yeah, think. he's sleeping. Yeah. Let's not wake him up. Let's turn down the volume here. Um, hmm, John. Good night, John. Hi, John. Uh, <laughs> uh, this pod turned creepy really yeah. quickly. Um, what game? What game? Oh, so many, man. I okay. mean, this is, uh, you know what? Uh, one of them should be maybe... Clemente's 3,000th uh, hit. Okay. Game. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, got any of the start from Bob Gibson in 1968. That mm-hmm. would have been really fun. The 1986 game six uh, Mets against the Red Sox and Mookie. Um, was it Mookie? Mookie Wilson? Yes. Okay. Uh, the grounder to first and then the botched uh, play um, by Bill Buckner, the yeah. Buckner play. That would be that would be fun. The twenty strikes uh, by Kerry Wood, that that would be pretty cool too. Um, I mean, there uh, any no hitter by Randy Johnson? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've got a ton, man. I've got a ton. A lot of good. Tra- I'm surprised you didn't throw in Miggy Cabrera's 500th homer game. Saw so a lot of those yeah. highlights. <laughs> All right, understood. I went a little bit of a different route. And total recency bias and okay. total. Ray's homerism. Uh, and you know, I don't like to deal with uh, traffic situations and trying to navigate in and out of the ballpark with a bunch of fans. I would have gone with game four of last year's World Series, the Brett Phillips game. Oh, yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah. And that I would have been, been able fun. to get in and out of the ballpark with ease. I, it, it, piece of history there. Yeah. Neutral World Series, neutral site World Series, and a uh, little. Uh, inside baseball here, I actually was not able to watch that game on television or listen to it on the radio because I was attending a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. On that day. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a great pick. That's Thank a great you. pick. So, so there we go. So we've got the, the non race picks. We got a good mix. And then you got the race pick. Yeah. Of we, we've given you about seven or eight choices there. Yeah. Mostly from Ulysses. <laughs> um, okay. The next question from John, if you could add any player, in Ray's history to the current 40 man, who would it be? Wow. 
You take this one first. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking the Rays just clinched a postseason spot, correct? Correct. And I'm thinking you want to get some guys that can eat up some innings, that can pitch in the postseason, that can start a game for you, that have a lot of experience. So I came down to one of two guys, James Shields or David Price. Yeah. Yeah, those two would be really really clutch um right now i'd uh if i have to go pitching i'd go of course alex cobb okay you know he's my boy yes so i'd go alex cobb um yeah or you know no i'll go pitching but a different thing uh i would pick uh mr fernando rodney i knew you were going there i knew it from 2012 i mean i I talked about Steve Rain's question in the, in the first segment about what are the keys to postseason success. Having a guy like Fernando Rodney would make the postseason way easier, like way easier. Yes. So uh, I'd, I'd have to go with Fernando Rodney for sure. Fernando Rodney's best year. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, of course. This is a, yeah. Hyper, yeah. Let's yeah, of course. Yes. Very fair to say there. Uh, okay. You know, I, I'm sure what the Rays really need Uh, leading up into the playoffs is a good night's sleep. And they might be able to do that. Actually, I'm pretty positive they would be able to do that with Molecule Mattress. Molecule Mattress is the world's most perfect mattress. It's like any other mattress in a box. It's cool to the touch. It has six times the airflow of my old mattress. It has zone reflex layers that adjust to all sleep positions as well. That's a great thing. And it's also antimicrobial molecule mattress is how athletes i consider myself an athlete or i should say elite athletes how elite athletes like Ray's play example could and would get the best sleep ever sleep on your molecule uh, molecule mattress risk-free for one if you don't have your deepest most restorative you can return it visit onmolecule.com that's onmolecule.com and save 20% with promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Again, save 20% with promo code locked on at onmolecule.com. Well, if you know me, you know that I love to save time and money. Mm-hmm. And that's why Rock Auto is the place to go to. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that Kevin and I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Uh, Ulysses, we answered a question from a listener from Australia. We now have a question from a listener in Germany, uh, believe it or not. I think that's a first, right, for us? We're so international. Okay, yeah. and I love it. I love that this pod is just across the globe. It's very, very cool. And I mean that sincerely. That's that's really awesome. Yeah, we need to rack up where we've gotten questions and inquiries from listeners from outside the US and outside of Florida, perhaps. I know 
We have Joshua Garner in Spain. Yeah. So Australia, Germany, Spain. I want to say there's the been the UK, of course. Yes, the UK, of course. Have we got? We, we got to get some J- uh, Japan action yeah. here. Well, maybe if we get Yoshi Satsuko back, then we can really Ooh. leverage that market there. We'll yeah. we'll find out at some point. But oh, in Brazil, we've got some Brazil. That's right. Yeah. yeah. See, we're we're losing. And that might have to be a trivia question. <laughs> where where have we uh, gotten uh, listenership from? How many different countries there? Uh, anyway, this question. I guess it's anonymous, but the email uh, name is Sunny Berlin. So I, I'm guessing that Berlin, Germany is sunny right now. But uh, the question is uh, from this listener. I personally find the whole Saber metrics to be a great addition to baseball evaluation and fandom. I also understand why stats such as batting average no longer carry the same weight. On the other hand, I've been hearing for a while now, including on your podcast quite often, that RBIs aren't considered to be a great stat anymore. You guys even touched on that in this past episode. Why is that? Can somebody break this down for me? Thanks again for the great content and raise up. Well, thank you for the the question and slash comment uh, from Berlin. That's really cool. It's because it's dependent on somebody else. Right. So that's why the RBIs are not getting as much love as they used to. You know, a a guy that's, you know, that has traffic on the bases in front of him is going to usually going to lead to success more in that category than others. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that is, you know, that that was of his own doing. Uh, If he gets a hit with with somebody that got on base, great, he gets an RBI. But if he still gets a hit and nobody got on base uh, Mm -hmm. in front of him, then he doesn't get anything. So it's kind of like um, wins a little bit yeah. with with starting pitchers. Jacob Degrom and and Felix Hernandez in, in his heyday, you know, they would be pitching miraculously ball games of seven innings, eight innings of of one run allowed, but the other team doesn't. But their own team doesn't score, so they lose. Yeah. So they lose one zero, and 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 so you could look at the end of their 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 gear, and it's like, oh, they won eight and lost twelve, and they get a Cy Young. It's because you got to look at the whole picture. So I right. think that's why RBIs are no longer kind of considered um, a, a good barometer. Yeah. And there's also very well put with that. And sabermetricians also have the idea or belief that there's not really a clutch gene or that certain hitters have a propensity to, oh, this guy knows how to drive in runs. I think there's, look, I'm not saying that RBI is the best stat ever to use. I'm not even saying it's a great step, but I don't think it should totally uh, equivocally be ignored because I look at a guy like Austin Meadows. We mentioned him early in the, in the show and what he's been able to do with a hundred plus runs driven in. And I look at if you break down the situations with runners on base and how he does with runners in scoring position or runner on second and third, he does capitalize yeah. on those moments. He shows, okay, and we talked about this earlier this week. You need a, a sacrifice fly. You need a ball to the warning track to drive the runner in from third. He has shown the ability to do that. You need a ball put in play on the right side of the field with a runner on third and less than two outs. He's shown an ability to do that. Just putting the ball in play at times, he's shown an ability to yes. do that. So he, maybe more so than, say, Mike Zanino, was at the plate. Right. Can Mike Zanino put one out or is he going to swing and miss? Yeah. And, and, and again, uh, I'll always say this. I feel like 
the end of the spectrum and so and yeah basically every uh subject is wrong if you're like here you're wrong and if you're on the other end of the spectrum you're probably wrong look at the whole picture yeah rbis batting average all traditional stats that shouldn't be the only thing that you're looking at but also the only thing you should be looking at as saber metrics and, and 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 new age analytics should not be the only thing that you're looking at I, why not look yeah. at both why can't they complement each other and you get a better picture of who that player is I, i'm all for that i'm for combining them and getting a better picture rather than just picking one and completely obliterating uh, uh, one side of the uh, uh, of knowledge yeah and what a lot of people will cite here is mike trout like there's been years where mike trout has hit 40 homers and drives in only 78 79 80 guys in fact he's had i was looking at it the other day he's had a 39 homer, 79 RBI season, a 33 homer, 72 RBI season, Oof. a 40 homer and 90 RBI season. And I think that a lot of that is a byproduct of say that again, the 40, 40 homers and 90 RBI, 40 homers and 90 RBIs for those keeping ta- track at home. Austin Meadows has 26 home runs and 103 RBIs. Yeah. So that's why the RBIs you can see how they can be a little right. bit faulty. But on the flip side, you have a Joey, uh, a Joey Gallo who has done similar things in terms of home runs and lack of RBIs as Mike Trout. Joey Gallo has had a year where he had 41 homers and just 80 RBIs in another year where he had 38 homers and just 76 RBIs. But again, I think that's more on Joey Gallo not being a... He, Joey Gallo has a total of two sacrifice flies in his entire career. That's insane. And that's where I go back to it. You have to, you can't just you can't say one or way or the other. Yeah. I would, I would lean more towards, okay, Mike Trout, he just doesn't have good guys in front of him that are getting on. But Joey Gallo, I don't, you know, they will, teams will totally ignore a complete other side of the field, other half of the field, because they know he doesn't have an ability or doesn't have a want to to drive the ball that way. Yeah, a hundred percent. And again, just like I just said a few minutes ago, the, the spectrum end of the spectrum, that's what Joey Gallo is. Yeah. It's either one thing or the other thing. And, and honestly, I, I get people like Joey Gallo. I would never like a guy that's either one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, give me a little bit more of a balanced player and I'll take that. Yeah. And also with Meadows, let's keep in mind the go ahead situations, the, game winning situations, the game tying situations. There's some guys that, that fold in those pressure moments. So I think that also has to be considered as well. Great question there from uh, Sonny Berlin. Uh, this question here from John Valerio, he says, uh, maybe an off-season question, but if the MLB and MLBPA make a salary floor of $100 million, what do you think the Rays do with their money? Extensions, free agent signings, Etc. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally, I would love it if the Rays would use that for extensions. Yeah. Um, right now, there are ten teams or eleven teams, ten or eleven teams that are uh, eleven that are under one hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. So this would affect a lot of teams, almost a third, so or more than a third, rather. So I would love to see a salary floor. I would love to see a salary floor, but but I would also see a salary cap too. Yeah, I think you need to introduce both of those things to to hamper a little bit of the of the spending on the upper echelon of uh, of teams. Extensions, 
give me the wander extension. Give me, yeah. the, I mean, this kid's special. I mean, so, so, so special. So, um, that's what I would, I would throw money at this kid. I would throw yeah. money at this kid. He's young. Uh, he, he got hurt with this hamstring and is going to go come back from it. You know, like Longo did in 2010 for the, for those youngins, uh, listening, Longo used to do that in 2010 mm-hmm. with, with the division on the, on the line. He went to Kansas city and, 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 and got it done. So I'll, uh, I'll go with extensions. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, maybe if, so last I checked, I could be wrong on this, but the Rays payroll this season was around 70, $71 million, give or take. So that's a lot of money that you would have to spend to get up to that threshold. And I think that extensions and maybe being creative with front loading some of those contracts of if there's some sort of crazy penalty with not getting to that mark, then maybe they do that. Also, I could see them taking more, not Chris Archer specifically, but taking on more of those one-year deals, prove-it deals, get-right deals like a Marcus Simeon, like a Corey Kluber, like a, they probably would have in this case, kept Charlie Morton, whereas they, I don't see them going out and given six, seven, eight-year deals. I don't see them throwing that around in free agency, but I think a lot of maybe more opportunity for prove-it deals in addition to extensions with uh, their young prospects and players. I feel like, you know, not only the extensions for the young guys that they that they want, like Wander, but, or, or a Shane Boss, for example. I mean, my goodness, how do you not want to, yeah. you know, sign him up? Uh, I know, okay, arbitration, they're going to be cheap for the next three years, but they'll be cheaper than... You know, like the Brent right. Loud deal once they hit uh, uh, arbitration. So those two guys, and I will say this, just like the Rays in 2019, they 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 always give guys a platform and then they can go ahead mm-hmm. and get their money. But I'm not talking stupid money. I'm talking Travis Darno money. Right. Two years, 16 mil. That if if the $100 million salary floor is, is a thing, the Rays get Travis Darno. And in 2020, don't you dare tell me that that wouldn't have made uh, a, a big impact on the team if Travis Darno is the starting catcher in 2020. Uh, also, is there any way that there is a salary floor in the next CBA? No, I don't see it happening either. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, well, I'm just I know I've said this a few times, but I'm I'm whatever. Uh, we are expecting way too much from the CBA. <laughs> We're expecting way too much from the CBA. Uh, two things will happen. At most, people are, you know, and they're going to fight about it. And maybe even this season's going to be late because of it. But it's not going to be earth shattering. Yeah. It's going to be a couple of things and then we'll move on. That's it. Yeah. Probably the biggest change will be like, oh, okay, charter flights will now have uh, Stella Artois on it. Instead, instead of, of Heineken, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's I, I feel like it's more smaller details than big overarching things. Of course, you know, the universal DH and so forth. But the game is not getting totally fixed or mm. overhauled, I wouldn't think, with this forthcoming CBA. In fact, I've heard rumblings and rumors that they might just push it back a year uh, if possible, but we'll wait and see on that. Uh, okay. Final comment here. I do want to read, uh, this email more of a a comment than a question per se, but do want to shout him out. Floyd Hannaford. He says, uh, recently I started listening to your podcast in the conversation concerning the drive folks complain about to get to the game. 
We see about 25 games a year as season ticket holders. We live in Grant, Florida. That's a three-hour drive one way to the TROP. That's right, three hours one way. We are Rays fans. We typically catch all the early afternoon games and been to maybe five of the 7 p.m. games. We don't get to it, or we don't get it, when folks complain about the drive, we possibly have the best team in baseball. Time will tell. We love the trop. It's 73 degrees in the middle of the afternoon in Florida, and it never rains. It's spotlessly clean. Yes, the concessions are pricey, but they are in every park in MLB. Our parking is only 750 for lot three, our favorite lot. Love your podcast and actually agree with you on most things like $10 <laughs> games would be great. Uh, I'm calling oh, Floyd. Is is this Matt Silverman? Uh, yeah. Is this Brian Ald? Is this Stu Sternberg himself under thank, an alias? Thank you, Floyd. Uh, that's awesome that, that you agree and that you listen. Uh, it's okay also to disagree with us. Um, you know, uh, so so thank you so much for your email and, and I hope that you, you keep listening to us. Um, I'm looking at it right now on Google Maps. He's not kidding. It's literally two hours and 57 minutes. Um, That's like with no traffic. Well, I guess with sort no, of rush hour here, but, but no, it's all blue right now. It's uh, that's insane. So Floyd. Awesome. Uh, it's by Melbourne. It's by Cocoa beach. I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's, you know, again, we, this stadium talk has been um, forever. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, right. finish on stadium talk, but that's awesome. That, that, that you listen to us, that, that you go to so many games, that you support the best team in the American League. We do, too. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really have a, a lot to say about No, that. just a great comment, and maybe it just opens the eyes of folks who are like, well, it's a 40, 50-minute drive. Floyd is driving hours. three hours <laughs> one three way. Hours. One way. Yes. So, I mean, does he get to, you know, drive back, or does he, like, stay over? Something tells crazy. me he has a Tesla or something just sitting back and relaxing and doesn't even have to focus whatsoever. But no, very good point. And uh, nice to hear from Floyd there. Wasn't it uh, the Wilbur family? They're up in the Melbourne area as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. How about that? We got, hey, and then on Green Room the other day, we were talking to somebody that's up in Northwest Florida. Yeah, uh, Sam. Hudson. That's right. Uh, yeah, he lives in Northwest uh, Florida. I Covering the state. And the games are blacked out there, by the way, which, which is, is travesty. Which but. is travesty, yeah. Uh, no, but this is awesome. We're reaching all of Florida, all of the globe. This is very cool. Uh, thank you all for yeah. listening. Thank you all for sending your questions and, and, and comments. We love, love, love to get them. Mm-hmm. So remember, you can always DM us right there on the bottom. That's my Twitter handle, and that's Kevin's Twitter handle mm-hmm. over there. I almost got it. There and you go. Below... It's our the, the the podcast at Locked On Race on Twitter and on Instagram. You guys can reach us at any time. And of course, write us an email, lockedonrace at gmail.com. We do get to them. Sometimes it takes a week or two weeks, but we do get to them. Um, and always, if you want to definitely be on the podcast, you can always uh, do a voice memo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that'll be fun. I know uh, uh, Braden Wilbur, uh, he might be on the show in the off season. So that'll be fun. Yeah. We might try to get some more listeners in the off season as well on the pod. I'm also going to remember Floyd's comment about seven dollars and fifty cents for lot three. Ooh. That might be a winner right there. I'm trying yeah. to do, let me see if I can put my. Yeah. Oh no! There we go. I got it. There you uh, go. And then uh, can't can't go over to Ulysses. No. There we there go. go. Uh, no. Right there. There we go. Close oh, enough. Oh okay. My gosh. All right, we're going long here. Hope you guys <laughs> enjoyed again. Reach out to us anytime. We love the mailbag episodes and don't be questions. 
Okay, uh, that wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Remember to tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked on Bets podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.